This is a 980 CKNW podcast. We were talking earlier with the mayor of West Vancouver about his concerns uh, with some of the taxes in budget 2018. Let's talk now with Anne McMullen, president and CEO of the Urban Development Institute. Anne, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. You've written a letter specifically about the budget and some of the announcements in the budget. Uh, written this letter to both uh, Carol James, the Minister of Finance, and Selena Robinson, the Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing. Uh, maybe outline for us, if you could, uh, the concerns you raised in this letter. Well, I think the biggest concern that we have is, is the taxes, I think, that they originally were outlined to try to address affordability. But when we look at analysis of it, it really does the opposite. It's a patchwork of taxes. It's uh, full of uh, complex exemptions, loopholes, hard to audit. And really what it is doing is um, is just, uh, you know, it's taxing people's assets and does not address the, the overall problem of affordability, of looking at how do we incentivize uh, to build more rental, to build below market housing, uh, to even build market housing. Um, it's really just, you know, a bunch of taxes. It's actually going to add to the cost of, of housing. Um, it's a tax, maybe it may sound a bit complex, but it's, it's a tax on land, it's a tax on the ability to develop, and it's a tax on the ability to create more housing, even rental housing. Um, it's going to impact the government's own ability to uh, build their target of 114,000 units over 10 years because it's adding costs. And when you talk about uh, the cost to, to build more housing, maybe break that down if you could. How do you see this? Uh, these taxes actually adding to uh, the costs to get more rental, to get more housing on the market? Right. Well, I think people think, oh, this is a good thing. Let's tax all those rich people that have homes over $3 million. Fair enough. But what it also captures is land, is vacant land. And uh, whether you've got um, a developer has got, you know, maybe it's even... Um, you know, a huge portion of land, uh, there's a uh, development down in, on, along the river in, in Vancouver called River District. There's the uh, Dogwood Pearson lands along um, in Vancouver. And these are rather large tracts of land that a developer will acquire in order to build housing over time. And it can be worth 10 20 $30 million. So now that land that is slated for development will be taxed because it's worth more than $3 million. So what you're going to do is make housing more expensive uh, to build because now you're putting a huge tax on that land uh, with these new taxes. Um, And then what that can do is either slow down development because it costs more to to build homes and to create homes, or it doesn't get built. So then you're reducing the supply, the demand is still there, so the price is up, or those added costs get passed on to the consumer passed on to the buyer, you're building higher-end homes, um, you know, you're pricing people out of the market because you're adding more and more costs. We did a quick calculation, and it can add almost $36,000 increased costs for a single town home that will be passed on to the buyer, or about $900 in annual rent increases for a concrete apartment building. So those are the kind of numbers that we're looking at. It's, it's more than just, you think, oh, they've exempted you know, what was the, the sort of the marketing term? Oh, we've exempted 99% of the people because people don't own $3 million homes. But what it does is if you're doing a land assembly, you know, you're acquiring uh, a number of homes to, to build a, a number of single-family homes in order to build a, a low-rise or a number of townhomes, that land is going to then be subject to this tax. And uh, what we call the speculation tax, frankly, it's not a speculation tax. It's a, what they call an empty homes tax. So those are the kind of numbers that you're looking at. And you... 
right now in a, let's say a million dollar townhome, which obviously it sounds expensive, but this is an easy round number. About 25% of that or $280,000 now it's already in taxes. So you're adding even more taxes. So, you know, whether it's gasoline or, or, you know, any of these things, you add taxes, it adds to, to the cost. Um, and that's, and that's what we're really talking about. And, and people don't, I don't think understand that even when we went to the provincial government to explain it to them, they said, well, that wasn't our intention. We didn't really think of that. Well, you need to think about it. Well, exactly. And I can't imagine there would be any development sites in Metro Vancouver that would be under $3 million. Exactly. So that's right. So any new buildings, new homes that are being constructed is going to be subject to this tax. We even said to the government, you want to partner with us to build more rental. We've got the land or we want to partner. It's going to be difficult for the government to build their own, uh, to partners partner with us to build the, the rental housing the below market housing or is the provincial government exempt, but the development industry isn't. I mean, how do you create again? It's this patchwork of of taxes that you know that that none of us uh, or tax. I should say patchwork of tax proposals because it is still being proposed. That I don't even think the government understands that they you know how they do. They keep making changes every few days, which is a good thing, I suppose. But we're saying let's scrap this. Let's go back to the drawing board. What are you actually trying to achieve? If you're trying to achieve how achieve housing affordability, then let's then look, look at how we can achieve that. Not by just, you know, coming up with a punitive tax that may, you know, sell well politically to tax homes over $3 million. What you've done is, again, you've captured, uh, you, you've captured all of new home, new home construction. And when you say uh, the response you got was, uh, we didn't intend for that to happen, did you get any in- indication that maybe they, they would make even more changes or they would take that into consideration? We're hopeful. I mean, uh, we're hopeful, and that's why I think we need to keep the pressure up, keep making this, this public and keep talking to the provincial government about this, about these impacts. You know, with the, when the city of Vancouver brought in the empty homes tax, which essentially this is what this sort of proposed speculation tax is, is an empty homes tax, very similar to what the city of Vancouver did. We went to them and said, look, you're, you've now captured vacant land, which is slated for development. And that they said, well, that wasn't our intention. And they were able to exempt uh, development land from the empty homes tax. We've said to the provincial government, we need to do the same thing. Um, and not only that, I mean, again, we've got this sort of patchwork of, of um, taxes. Uh, you know, it, it's not in, it's in Kelowna, but it's not in Kamloops. It's in the lower mainland, but it's not in, on the Gulf Islands. So again, you know, it just, it creates winners and losers. It creates confusion. But when I talk about the, the speculation tax applying to um, uh development land. I mean, that's largely where the impact is, is, is in the lower mainland. But again, this, you know, it's, it's a problem. Um, it's a patchwork throughout the province. Again, proposed, so we're hoping that, yes, uh, the provincial government does understand that, that frankly, we need to uh, scrap it and look at ways to incentivize instead of, um, you know, what, they've, what they seemingly have proposed. And so, like I said, if we can take the model of, um, you know, the empty homes tax and, frankly, exempt development lands. Um, and if you want to ta- attack single family homes over a certain value, I know I, I'm not that I'm in favor of that at all, but, um, you, know, uh, you know, anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> because that, that does open up a, a whole other, a whole other can of worms as well. Uh, we only have about a minute left, but you mentioned zoning. Uh, should we be focused more on zoning and making it easier to, to rezone, easier to build the types of housing that we want to build? 
Absolutely. Like I said, those are things we need to look at is how do we incentivize? You know, what is the, um, you know, right now, again, in, in terms of lower mainland, it's very sort of, you know, small area plans, uh, very slow in, in, a, in a rezonings. Um, it, it, and it trickles out the development. We talk about supply. The supply is an issue, but it's really about how we supply the zoning or how we supply the land. It's, you know, we get one building at a time or one area at a time, and doesn't, there's, it, it doesn't create enough competition for buyers uh, and ensures that prices stay very high. Um, so, yes, we need, to, we need to look at this. We need to look at the fact that it can take four and five and six years uh, to get a rezoning, to get an application permit uh, you know, to get a development permit done. So, you know, those are all, again, adding to the cost of housing when it's, you're looking at holding costs, you're looking at, you know, property tra- taxes, all that is, it, when, you're, when it takes that long to rezone land, um, all that, all those costs, you know, ultimately get passed on to, to the buyer or it drives up the cost so much that it slows down development, of which then it slows down supply when the demand is there and prices go up. So, this is what we need to do. We really need to address of how are we zoning land, how are we approving projects, and how are we um, uh, really planning uh, for the kind of growth that we have. You know, people say, oh, well, our supply is meeting the demand because there's thirty to 35,000 people moving here every year. But what we forget or don't realize is, sure, there's, in terms of net migration, we've got about 35,000 people moving into the lower mainland every year. But in addition to that, we have about 100,000 students and temporary foreign workers that are in the city every year as well. And we're not accounting for that in our, in, our, in our building. We're just accounting for people who are actually immigrating here. Yet, you know, students and others are a huge part of, of our economy and a huge part of, of our community. All right. There's international students. All right, Anne, sorry, we're going to have to address all that. All right, we're out of time, but thank you so much. That is Anne McMullen, President and CEO of the Urban Development Institute. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.